evening, everyone, and welcome to Fired Up, the hottest sports show in Central Ohio. The show where four sports fans talk sports for the fans. Our topics for this evening are a tribute to a legend, the great Bobby Bowden. The USA dominates at the Olympics. A short recap from Tokyo. Players switching teams and chasing rings. NBA free agency winners and losers. The push towards October. Winners and losers from the MLB trade deadline. The NFL season is almost here. The guys preview the NFC East. Blazing bets of the week, and we wrap up with some huge contract extensions in the NFL. With that, I give you our chief of our fire brigade, Rob Cal. Hey, thanks, Colton. Good to be back, uh, all sports fans out there. After our two-week hiatus, we did a little family vacation, and uh, back in the swing of things now, we're only, we're only three of us here tonight. Braden's uh, involved in his high school football, so... But we'll get you through. We'll bring you up to date and uh, hopefully um, keep you entertained for the next 45 minutes to an hour. Like Colton said, we're going to start out with our tribute to Bobby Bowden. Um, shouldn't be a sad thing. Uh, the guy lived a long and uh, very fruitful life. Uh, you know, 91 years old, you can't complain about that. And had great great success in Division One football. Um, Matt, you want to give me your thoughts on Bobby Bowden from the ACC? Yeah, really. He goes down as one of the best coaches of all time. Uh, uh, once he retired, he ended up second in the NCAA in all-time wins at, um, let's see, what was it? 357. Yeah. Was it 357 or 377? I think it was 377. I think 357 because there was that scandal that he had that, that he had, had like 10 or 12, 12 wins that games. knocked off okay. or something yeah. like that. So it, uh, yeah, somewhere around 350, 360, uh, right. you know, wins uh, behind Joe yeah. Paul with. Either way, a, gr- a great number for, for right. a great coach. Uh, Guy won two national championships at Florida State and an unprecedented 12 ACC championships in that league. Mm-hmm. I mean, he, he was just as dominant as they come when, when he was at the top of his game. Uh, and I'll, I'll, I'll say it in one of his words, daggum, he'll be missed. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, he will. No, and, uh, you yeah, know, just kind of kind of going off of that there, you know, his first season at Florida State actually went, went five and six. His next 34 seasons after that, Never had a losing record yeah. after that, so that yeah. that that's unbelievable. I um, had that stat as well. He yeah. only, actually only had one losing season when he's at West Virginia. Right, right. So, yeah, no, he's he's been so you in know, forty years. He had two losing seasons. Pretty, pretty, pretty good track record. Yeah. Pretty good, uh, you know, stat line there. But uh, you know, twenty twenty eight consecutive bowl appearances as well. So you know, crazy, crazy. You know, just how good he, how much success he had there at, at Florida State. Um, you know, kind of, kind of went out on a on a sour note. Kind of, you know, just, you know, it, it was ready. It, it was time for him to give it up. He, you know, said it himself that you know it just wasn't fun anymore, and that the, the game had changed. You know, a lot more than what he was was preparing right. for. So, but uh, yeah, it's sad, sad to see a legend, you know, pass away. Um, but uh, you know, a, a fantastic uh, person for for the sport for sure. Absolutely. Um, like I said, two national titles. Went undefeated in 1999. Uh, you know, and, and in those bowl games, he went 22, 10, and 1. So, a great record in bowl games as well. So, yeah. yeah rest in peace, Bobby Bowden. And his, a, uh, you know, his legacy lives on. He's got three three sons that, are, you know, have all been, you know, Division One coaches or, you know, in, in some capacity. Um, you know, uh, we've got Tommy Bowden, who used to be the former head coach at Clemson before Dabo took over. Um He's got Terry Bowden, who's actually the current coach at uh, University of Louisiana Monroe. Um, we we have a connection with Louisiana Monroe too. We, uh, we do. One of our guest um, a guest host that we've guest had. host on here. If you remember, Caleb was on here a few months ago. He's actually working working for the football team, for, working for under football. under yeah. Terry there. He's so a, he's a grad student. Shout out, there, shout so. out, shout out to Louisiana Monroe there. Um, and then he has um, Jeff Jeff Bowden, which is um, he was actually. Um, with Terry at Akron um, serving in the, the role um, as a special teams coordinator and kind of an outside wide receivers coach. Yeah, and um, he's been an assistant really everywhere. Right. I, I had that Jeff Bowden's been an assistant at Salem, Florida State, Sanford, Southern Miss, Northern Alabama, and Akron. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's been everything from a de- uh, from an offensive coordinator to wide receiver coach. To he's, right. he's done a little bit of everything. Right. So definitely, you know, Bobby's, you know, legacy lives on in his in his three three sons. And, you know, I, I don't think they could ask for, for a better father, father better figure mentor. in their in Absolutely. their lives. So Absolutely. All right, well, let's move on to the Olympics real quick. We're not going to spend a lot of time on it. Um, you know, we had talked about our last episode about 
um, some of the sports that we were looking forward to watching. And for me, you know, obviously it was men's and women's basketball, um, which we took gold in both of those. And then uh, I want I, li- I love watching uh, women's softball. And we got upset in a gold medal match, um, kind of surprising against Japan. They beat us beat us two to nothing. So that that's uh, two Olympics in a row. We've been upset by Japan when we were the favorite, but. That's okay. It was still a still a great showing for the red, white, and blue. Um, I stayed up late and watched that men's gold medal round over the weekend. Uh, you know, we won, and I was happy that we won the gold. But I don't know. They I, there wasn't a lot of enthusiasm on that team. It didn't seem no, like it definitely wasn't the same dominant USA it basketball. It wasn't. Sure. Um, I, mean, I mean, yeah. If, if KD, you know, was that team, and I think that's what finally got them over the hump. You know, Absolutely. They, they, they started to realize that you know they go as far as KD goes, and we better let KD take over and, and do what he does best. And mm-hmm. so, you know, with, without him, you know, this this USA team is is sunk. I mean, yeah. they. It, it, to me, what was surprising is that some of the other big names didn't play as well, you yeah. know, outside of, you know, I was expecting Damian Lillard to, to be, He was know, non-existent. Yeah, he, 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 you know, didn't do much in that championship game, but then really didn't do a whole through lot. Through the whole, you know, through that. Preliminaries, and, yeah. And, and really, the, the kind of surprising, you know, kind of piece was, was Drew Holiday was yeah. really stepped up his right. game, you right. know, really, you know, kind of. You know that backseat role with the Bucks. He's not really known as being the guy on the Bucks, but he is a contributor with the Bucks. But there were times during these during that Olympic run that he was, you know, kind of going back and forth there with with KD. So you know, I was, you know, hats off to him. You know, he played exceptional defense, locking down every country's best player. Yeah, um, and yeah. just you know, and staying out of foul trouble because yeah. you only get five in the Olympics. Right, right. So. Yeah, yeah, so what else you guys got? What was your kind of your high point for the Olympics? Yeah, I mean, for to me, it was just America in general. We took home a, a total of 113 medals, which included 39 golds, 41 silvers, and 33 bronzes. Those are all more than our uh, next closest competitor. Uh, China had a total of 88 medals. So, I mean, USA all the way, baby. You know, they right. won it all. And we dominated yeah. pretty much in all of basketball. You had the men's basketball team won the gold. Mm-hmm. The women's basketball team won the gold. And the women's three-on-three team also won the gold. So basketball and also in the swimming pool, uh, in the swimming pool, the Americans brought home 11 golds. Mm-hmm. So, you know, they, they lived up their expectations there. The, uh, the things that kind of let Team USA down a little bit was the women's soccer team, were the, who were the heavy favorites, but they ended up coming home with only the bronze. And the, the women's gymnastics team, who's only able to salvage a silver after uh, the dominant Simone Biles had to withdraw from the competition. Mm-hmm. Other than those slightly low, I mean, you can't. They, they still brought home medals. They can't be that upset about it, you know? But, right. So, that, I mean, for those being our disappointments, that's still a pretty right. great Olympics. But, for, I mean, our, yeah, our, our women's gymnastics has been, I mean, their standard is the gold. So, right, it was, right. you know, I mean, good for them. But, you know, it is, you would still like to have seen them brought home another gold medal. But. I think I think for me the surprising thing was is that we uh, brought home gold in both women's and men's golf. Uh, I, I didn't, you know, look I up didn't the, expect I that. didn't look up the stat to see like when the last time that happened right. or, you know, when when the last time that either the men or the women, you know, won a gold in, in that sport. Um, so, you know, hats off to, you know, our, our Olympic athletes that competed in, in the golf, um, you know, golf tournament and, uh, you know, took home gold in, in that sport. So, so it did seem like golf was kind of like basketball. A lot of the premier guys for a lot of the countries kind of stepped did, out did of this play. Didn't yeah. play. Yeah. Right. Yeah, no, for sure. So. Well, and you know, you know, against our basketball team, you know, you're going to get all. You're going to get. We got a target on our back. Yeah, Yeah, we got USA team as a target, so you know they're going to be they're going to be gunning for. So I mean, it was I was happy to see them bring home the gold, but I don't know. It just seemed kind of kind of a half-hearted effort, really, on on the. Most of the guys, part, and we but. don't get too short of a break because, uh, yeah, the Winter Olympics start here pretty soon. Uh, you know, by the end of this year, we'll be talking about the Winter Olympics. Right. So it's uh, crazy to think what we, yeah, because of the circumstances, you know, with all the COVID postponed stuff, a year. Yeah, um, you know, we're gonna have a summer and a Winter Olympics all, you know, pretty much in the same calendar year. So it's, uh, you know, I, I, at this point, I'm just glad that we were able to have the Olympics because there were still a lot of rumors and things yeah, going around, like, you know, again. the day of the Olympics, yeah. right before, that it was still the Up possibility to not even have it. So I'm glad that they found a way to, to get it through, make it through, and, you know, it didn't have too many issues with the with the COVID stuff running. No, yeah, and I haven't heard a lot, even after the athletes have returned home, like, yeah. 
you know, there's been a, a large outbreak with the with the athletes, so I'm glad to hear that. Yeah, I think they kept that pretty well under check. There was a few that had it before the Olympics started. They quarantined right. them, didn't mm-hmm. let them in. And right, right. I think it, it seemed really safe. Yeah, definitely the the Olympic, you know, officials did, did a nice job at, at, at keeping that, you know, not a part of, of the Olympics. So, okay. Mm-hmm. Well, let's move on to uh, NBA. Let's do the NBA free agency signings. Um, I kind of went at this like I picked a team that I thought did the best at signing a player and a, and a team that I thought really screwed up. So, uh, yeah. but I'll let Colton, I'll let you get started with what, what your thoughts were on NBA free agency. Yeah. So, you know, wild, wild few days there, there in NBA free agency, but you know, I kind of took the similar approach that, that dad did there and I got, you know, a winner and a, and a loser, let's say from, from NBA free agency. And for me, my winner uh, to start it off was, was the Miami heat. Uh, I'm right know. there with you. Yeah. That, I, that I, makes three. Yeah, I, I think that they did a really nice job. And now I'm interested to see how they put it all together because when we talked about, like, NBA trade deadline during the season, mm-hmm. my the Miami Heat were my big winners there. Mm-hmm. But it didn't translate didn't to pan success, out, right. you know, success for them. So we'll see how all these new pieces work for right. them. They, this, I mean, yeah, they lost around. in the first round. They did make the playoffs, lost in the first round to, you know, the eventual champions, Milwaukee Bucks. Right, so. right. They're, uh, they're definitely very guard heavy now. Yeah, but. yeah, definitely. But uh, you know, they they bring in uh, veteran point guard Kyle Lowry and the defensive stopper PJ Tucker, which I think was kind of the X factor in that NBA Finals. I mean, he's a guy that you don't you don't he doesn't show up on the stat line because he's just kind of a hard nosed, grinded right. out guy that just is in your face. He's going to play defense for all forty eight minutes, and he's going to take your best player out of, out of his element. And I think, uh, yeah, definitely. That, that's kind of, I guess, the, the motto or kind of, you know, how this Miami Heat team plays. They, they have that kind of grittiness mm-hmm. or hardness with, uh, you know, Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo. Um, well, they, I think you saw that in the Olympics out of Adebayo. He yeah. was guarding guys who were a lot bigger than him and just really putting forth a great effort, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of times. Right, right. And then they bring back, um, you know, their three-point specialist in Duncan Robinson um, on, a I think, a five-year, $90 million deal there. Um, and, and they were all able to pull off all of these moves without having to go into the luxury tax, which mm-hmm. is, you know, something that, you know, no team really wants to do. But, you know, the Heat have done it in the past and they have no had had no problems. But they, they did a nice job at adding all these pieces. And, and it's going to be interesting in the East because I think, you know, you still got the Bucks and you still got the Nets. So right. it's it's kind of fighting for that that third kind of third spot there mm-hmm. in the, in the east and so I think this definitely puts Miami almost you know pretty much at the top when it comes to fighting for that yeah. third spot there mm-hmm. in, in the east. Yeah. So, well, you know I, I really like their pickup of Markeith Morris as well. Yeah, I, I yeah. think having a big that can kind of fight another, a little bit. Another kind of gritty moves. gritty yeah, player. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 And then getting Oladipo on the cheap because you know he's been injured but if, if right. he can get back to some semblance of his former self that's a great deal there. Right. And all they really lost was Andre an aging Andre Iguodala and Trevor Ariza who hasn't really perform like he did there a few years back right. so yeah. I, it really didn't lose much they signed a lot of great talent I, I think they got a lot better I, I, I like it too guys I'm, I'm on all we're on the same page here I think Miami like Colt said I think they may be trailing the Nets and the, obviously the Bucks a little bit still in the in the east but I think they they get a real solid shot at being that you know that third team in the east um you know, they got better offensively with Kyle Lowry and, and better defensively. You know, Lowry will play defense as well. So, you know, I, I liked it. That, that was, they were at the top of my list for best free agency signings. Right. Matt, what you got for your worst? Yeah, so it's for, for me, a team that got worse in my mind, I, I picked the New Orleans Pelicans. I think they, they let Lonzo Ball go, who had was best season as a pro last year and was just starting to live up to some of that hype that had him be one of the top draft picks in the draft a few years ago. They let him go to Chicago. They let James Johnson get away, move to Brooklyn. Uh, and to me, that those two moves can't really help make Zion Williamson very happy. Yeah. And, and that's what they need to be trying to do right now if they want to keep him in town because <laughs> they, he's going to be out sooner than later. They've seen what happens when the Pelican Stars leave, you know, leave yeah. New Orleans. They go out and they win championships. Right. So, you know, you don't want the same thing to happen, you know, with your number one pick in Zion here in a couple yeah. of years when his rookie deal is up. So. so so to me, by them not doing anything to get to get much better, letting some of their young stars go, I just I, I think that spells Zoom for Zion, who will be either – either forcing a trade in the near future or at least be walking once his contract's up. Right. I just I, I think that hurts them now and in the long run. Yeah, yeah. I, I 
don't totally disagree with you. I just don't know that I would have put the price tag on Lonzo that the Bulls paid for him. I, yeah. I think $85 million for, for a guy, don't get me wrong, he had a, fan, a much better year this past year, you know, statistically played a lot better, um, you know, really was kind of that veteran leader for, for, the, uh, for the Pelicans, but I just don't know the price tag was really right. worth that that amount, but mm-hmm. you know we'll we'll see what happens. He's going off to you know Chicago to the Bulls, um, and we'll you know see what what they can do, what he can do there. But definitely, yeah, the, the Pelicans needed to make some moves, or you know there there have been rumors running around that you know Zion's not happy in New Orleans, mm-hmm. that you know whatever. And if that's your future, if that's your franchise player, then you know you got to do what you got to do to make him make him happy. And right now, the Pelicans are not are not doing that. They've well, and I think he really did. I think he enjoyed playing with right. Lonzo. So right. I, I think right. that's another another factor on why they should have ponied up a little bit of extra cash to keep. Him but for out. me, my biggest loser, I gotta say, guys, the Los Angeles Lakers. I think mm-hmm. I think they they. They got worse because they got older. I mean, they, right. we're talking about the AARP. Yeah, team they out didn't there. need to get older. They they got they got maybe better, but they gave up so much to right. get that that you know they they're what they've been known for the last couple of years. Um, you know, has been their their defense, and I think their defense really took a hit here by trading away Kyle Kuzma and Contavious Caldwell Pope, both decent you know wing defenders. Mm-hmm. And then they, you know, just to acquire Russell Westbrook, who's really not well known for his, you know, for his defense, going to be, you know, maybe an upgrade at that guard position that they have maybe been lacking or, you know, lacking when they got rid of Rajon Rondo. But I just don't think he's going to make up for it on the defensive end. So it's going to be interesting. And then they, you know, let go, um, you know, Alex Caruso, who was probably their best defender, young, another young, young guy. They let him walk out the door without, you know, even giving a counter offer. Right. So he he goes to the Bulls now too, and, and they basically let him walk out the door without even, you know, any you know any potential offer on the table. So then they bring in Trevor Ariza, Wayne Ellington, Kent Bazemore, Carmelo Anthony, Dwight Howard. You know, those guys are all you know aging aging guys that, you know, are not well-known for their defense or, you know, that defense is already past them at this point. And then they bring in a couple of two younger guys, uh, guard Kendrick Nung and uh, Kendrick Nunn and Malik Monk, which are another two guys that aren't really well-known for their defense. Decent, you know, going to be decent role players, but not well-known for, for their defense. So right. I just don't know what the Lakers really were, were trying to accomplish by making all of these well, moves. And this, to me, just screams... They got what LeBron wanted, yeah. and he, he did the same thing in Cleveland. We see where Cleveland is now. They may win a championship off of this, right. but it's not going to be good in the long run yeah, for it's not, LA. not setting up L.A. for yeah. success. Carmelo's not played defense his whole career, I don't no, think. He no. hasn't played de- defense since he was at Syracuse. <laughs> right. um, you know, Dwight Howard back in the day, yeah, he was a rim protector. But <laughs> and now it's his third time back right. with the yeah. Lakers. So, I mean, yeah, I, I, they liked him that much, he right. uh, Yeah. Well, I went my worst move. The Cleveland Cavaliers. All right, all right. They signed Jared Allen to a five-year, $100 million contract from the Nets, okay? But they just used their third pick for Mobley, and then they basically played the same position. They're the same player. Yeah. Uh, I I guess I, I, I don't know what Cleveland's trying to do. You know, they're talking about the Twin Towers, but we have no guard to get them the ball. Yeah, I don't... I, I think yeah. This the, dumbfounded the, me. The, I was the, the price tag for Jared Allen. I think is a lot higher than what you know he should have paid. Or if if somebody was going to be willing to pay it, I, I'm I'm at this point saying I'm letting him walk. Right. I mean, right. I, I, when I, it shouldn't have been the Cavs when you just use your third overall right, pick, right? You know to take Evan Mobley that is the same player mm-hmm. for all yeah. intents and purposes. I think more or less. I think I think Mobley has a better game than, than you know has the potential to be a better. You know, has a ceiling that's higher than yeah. Jared Allen's. Um, well, the Cavs have proven they can't use a, a guy that a big that can play that inside-outside game because they've had Kevin Love for how many years? Right. right. What's he done there? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Done, done nothing but want to get out of Cleveland, <laughs> right. and they won't let him go. They won't so. let him go. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that that was my worst. All right. So uh, I think that kind of wraps up that segment on the NBA free agency uh, signings. Let's move on now to. Um, Teams that made moves in MLB at the trade deadline. There was a lot of movement. Um, I picked a team that I thought, again, kind of the same thing I did with the NBA, a team that I thought did really well and a team that I thought kind of hurt themselves (laughs) a little bit. So 
I guess I'll start this one out. To me, the Chicago White Sox. Winners, get it. Winners. And winners. Okay. A plus. All right. Um, you know, they lost their their second baseman to a torn hammy mm-hmm. in June. So they go out and they get Cesar Hernandez from Cleveland, who, you know, he, he he's your typical second baseman. You know, he, he hits for contact, doesn't strike out a lot. You know, and, and as you're going down the stretch, that's what you want guys to do because everybody's going to be throwing their best relievers and their best closers at you, these guys that are throwing heat. And, he, and he's a contact hitter. He's not going to go up there and strike out. He's going to put the ball in play. So, so I like that move for them. Um, so, and then they wound up trading their second baseman, this Nick Madrigal, that got, that got injured. Um, they traded him and a right-handed pitcher for uh, Craig Kimball. Kimbrell from the Cubs. Um, Kimbrell is just a stud. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, eight-time All-Star. He's just got that weird pitching motion, that, yeah. you know, whooping crane-type yeah. pitching motion. That's the, that's what I remember him from. But, yeah, I know he's having a fantastic, fantastic yeah. 0.47 season. 0.47 ERA right now. I yeah. mean, he's just – he looks really good. Um, he's averaging uh, 15 batter – or 15 strikeouts for uh, – in nine innings of work. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you put him against – they got Liam Hendricks in the bullpen too. The probably the two of the best relievers in the majors right now. Both of them on the same team. So I really like what the Cubs or what the White Sox, White Sox did down here. And then they also signed a reliever Ryan Tapera. So um, you know I, I think to me that the White Sox helped themselves uh, greatly. Um, Cleveland kind of went through a yard sale, got rid of some players, um, and I was sad. You know Cesar was only there for two seasons. Two I think. Seasons. Um, Man, Cleveland might as well just call themselves the minor league team of the in the MLB because they just they, they develop a guy yeah. and then send them out the door. Yeah, they, they're that mid market team that just can't afford to pay these big contracts. And if I had a kid that was coming up and was a baseball pitcher, I'd want him to sign with the Indians because man, they really develop young yeah, talent do. on the mound. They just yeah. don't. They just don't they stay. Don't, they just don't keep them. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, that's okay. Um, so that they, they were my big winners. You guys want to give me your winners? Yeah, I think this is probably going to make everybody cry, but uh, my big winner, uh, sadly, guys, is is the New York Yankees. I think mm-hmm. in this in this one here, they go out. They you know they needed some they needed left-handed hitters. So what do they do? They go out and get the best two left-handed hitters on the market. They sign Joey Gallo uh, and they sign Anthony Rizzo. Um, mm-hmm. You know from the Cubs, they they sign Joey Joey Gallo from the Rangers. They are so they you know currently sitting six and a half games behind Tampa Bay for first in the AL East and two and a half games behind Boston for that second AL and wild card Boston's spot. not playing real good right, right now. Right, right. And, and Boston really didn't make any moves at the at the trade deadline. No. So, you well, know. They, they brought in uh, Schwarber. Yeah, so right, that, right. Yeah, not much. Yeah. Um, and so, and, and since the trade deadline, Yankees have gone eight and two. So, yeah. And the and the guys are really paying off. Anthony Rizzo in in 32 at bats has three home runs, six RBIs, and almost a 300 batting average. So he is out for 10 days right now, though, in the COVID COVID, protocol. Yeah, so COVID yeah. bug has hit you know the Yankees again. Yeah. Um, and it's yeah, sad to see that. But Gallo's Gallo's not having as much success as Rizzo, but another big bat that's going to be right. there for you. I mean, look how many big bats they got in their lineups. If one of them slumping. Somebody else is going to pick up the slack. So right. and they also picked back up their first baseman who had been injured for mm-hmm. most of the season. He had a great year last year. He wants to show him he can do it again. So right. he's back. So that, that really helps fill the void now that Rizzo just left for the 10-day COVID. And, and, so. and, and I think the big, the big thing for me is they made all these trades and didn't have to trade up any of their top 10 prospects yeah. from their farm system to get any of these guys. Yeah, so, I'll, I'll get into that when we do our, our – or who did the worst? <laughs> okay, all right. right, yeah. So for well, me, I think the winner winner for me. Was well, the you know, if you remember back to our last episode, we all th- thought the Yankees weren't going to make the playoffs. So you guys want to change your tune now? No, I don't know. I don't know. I still, I, think, I don't think they're there still. I still think that. I know, think they'll it's make. It's going to be awfully I think they're close. Gonna, I think they'll make it. Yeah. I think they'll make. They'll make. They'll make a run. Their bats will get hot. I think they'll make a run. Yeah. And yeah. Get, at least get a wild card. Matt, who who you got for your big winner? Yeah, so uh, I got the other one that's going to make everybody sad, and that's the Los Angeles Dodgers. Oh, the rich yeah. just got richer in, in this deal at the at the deadline. They picked up Max Scherzer and uh, Trey Turner from the Washington Nationals. Scherzer's still a premier starting pitcher in the league. He's going to slot right in that spot that Trevor Bowers left being on administrative leave for uh, sexual assault allegations. So, I mean, even if uh, Bauer gets cleared to return, 
come playoff time, that that's a huge deal for the that's Dodgers because like you, you can't All-Stars. have enough pitchers yeah. in 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 the playoffs. So right. I mean to have to have that kind of pitching, oh man, that's uh, just, I think that's a problem you'd rather have. Than right, not, you'd rather not way have too much pitching than not enough because you can right. you can slot one of those guys into the bullpen for long relief if need be. Right. I mean it's that, that's just amazing <laughs> to have that kind <laughs> Un- of pitching. Unbelievable, yeah, yeah. unbelievable. Uh, what's uh, Dad? What what you got for your big loser here? For well, in, in the I kind of went to the Midwest. Uh, Again, the St. Louis Cardinals. All right, all right. Um, and the reason why, they, they gave up a, a, a good, solid pitcher, John Gant, mm-hmm. who was signed through the 2022 season, mm-hmm. um, 28 years old. He's got a 342 ERA and a prospect, Evan Sisk, mm-hmm. to get a 38-year-old J.A. Happ mm. that has an ERA of 677. And right before he got traded... He gave up nine runs of the Detroit Tigers, for crying out loud. That's so, not a, not a to me, story. I don't know what the Cardinals – this kind of reminds me of what the Cavs did. I, I don't know what they were thinking. <laughs> right. You had this young kid signed. It was pitching well for you through two more – the rest of this season and all of next season, and you trade him for a 38-year-old pitcher that's struggling. And a prospect. And a prospect. So, so yeah. I guess, to me, the Cardinals I picked as my big loser. Yeah, to, to me, the biggest loser of this whole MLB deadline has to be the Chicago Cubs. They sent out their three fan favorites and uh, Rizzo, Bryant, and Baez, uh, closer Craig Krimble, uh, Ryan Tapera, and they also uh, sent pitchers Andrew Chaffin to the A's, outfielder Jake uh, Mraznek to the Padres. This on top of uh, their recent decisions to not bring back Schwarber this year. <laughs> and then they also let you Darvish go, Victor Carantini go, Jock Peterson go. The Cubs have nothing left. This is a minor league team playing in the MLBs right now. Right. And the guys they got for these guys, like Colton said, weren't even guys that are in the top ten of their teams. Right. These are all guys that are in high A ball or double A ball. Mm-hmm. It's going to be five or six years before they're ever even in the MLB. Mm-hmm. It's The Cubs didn't do good on these trades. I mean, they gave up some stars and didn't get a huge return. Yeah, Sure. I I, I kind of got to agree with that, Matt. I, I I like the way you're thinking. Or I don't like the way you're thinking, but I agree with what you're what you're putting down. De- there. Definitely a, a reshaping from that World Series, you know, winning team, you know, not too long ago. Mm-hmm. And, and I mean, if these guys weren't going to resign, I get having to get rid of them. Right, but right. get something. You got to do better. Yeah. Right, right. Yeah, no, I think the front office there definitely needed needed some work or needed to negotiate a little better on that. Maybe but, that's where they should have started getting rid of some people. Was right, it? right. Front office. But uh, my my big loser um, is going to be the, the the San Diego Padres actually, and it's. It's not because of what they didn't do. It's about what other teams in their division did do. Right. Um, San Diego was in the mix, and it came down to, like, the 23rd hour. They had Max Scherzer lined up. They had him in their – it was going to be in their their wheelhouse. And then in the last minute, the, you know, you, you don't – you don't mind to lose him, but you don't want to see him go to a division rival. Right. And that's, that, that's what happened when he goes to the Los Angeles Dodgers. And that, that race in the NL West is tight right now between the Giants, the Dodgers, and the Padres. Toughest division in baseball, right, no doubt. Right. And now you give up a, a, a phenomenal pitcher to your division rival for, to the Dodgers. And, and they the Dodgers gave up ultimately nothing to, to, to really get get him. So that, that that's a hard one to take, take there. And then... They were also in the mix to get Joey Gallo. They miss out on that. Yankees take take him. Doesn't hurt as bad. But then another one, they were in the you know in the mix potentially for for Chris Bryant. You know, a few minutes before the trade deadline was up. Once again, you lose him. You, you know, you don't get the trade done. But then he goes to another division rival right. with the San Francisco Giants. So it's it's you know tough to see. You know, they they made some moves, but they're. Their other, you know, other teams they're competing with made bigger moves. So they they did, you know. However, it wasn't a total, you know, loss for them. They did sign, um, were able to steal second baseman Adam Frazier from the Pittsburgh Pirates. Mm-hmm. So far, you know, is is hitting at forty three, you know, forty three at bats. He's uh, hitting has thirteen hits. He's scored eight runs and uh, he's batting three oh two. So you know, it, not not a total wash, but. Definitely, you know, hard to see for the Padres, their their division rivals getting some some really top talent there. Okay, very good. All right, well, I think that's our that's our wrap up for MLB. Um, let's move on to some preseason football talk. We we Colton uh, decided that we just take a 
take a division and work our way through each division here over the next few weeks. So right now we're in the NFC East and um, kind of split them up. I'll let you guys get started with, uh, with your teams. Yeah, Matt, you want to start us off with the, the Dallas Cowboys yeah. there? Yeah, how about them Cowboys? <laughs> so I, I broke this up on kind of key losses and key additions and kind of took a little look at their schedule. So yeah. key losses for this team were uh, their defensive coordinator, Mike Nolan, who was fired in the offseason. Quarterback Andy Dalton went to Chicago. Uh, linebacker Sean Lee retired. Offensive lineman Cameron Irvin went to Carolina. Defensive end Alden Smith went to Seattle. He was actually just released by Seattle today, so he could potentially come back. Uh, defensive lineman Tyron Crawford retired. Safety Xavier Woods went to Minnesota. And the cornerback uh, Chidobia Wuzier signed a three-year deal in Cincinnati. So they, they lost some some key defensive parts really here was the big thing. Uh, now, they were one of the worst defenses in the, in the uh, NFL last season. So maybe, maybe that's not maybe such that's a bad, bad. thing. Yeah, Absolutely. So uh, but so the key additions in this offseason were they went out and uh, hired for defensive coordinator Dan Quinn, who uh, was – uh, most recently uh, the head coach of the Atlanta Falcons, but was also the, the leader of the Seattle uh, Legion of Boom defense yeah. there yeah. a few years ago. Right, right. So, I mean, I, I think if he can That's get, get back some of that, yeah, that yeah. could be a, a, a great pickup. Yeah. They also then I, – I, I picked this as an addition, even though it's, he was on the team, but he was hurt all last season. Quarterback Dak Prescott's back. He resigned that big contract. Yep. Uh, they brought back uh, uh, Jordan Lewis, who resigned with the team. Uh, linebacker Micah Parsons was their first-round draft pick. Cornerback Kelvin Joseph was their second-round draft pick. Um, they picked up a defensive end, Terrell Basham, from the Jets, and they also picked up a safety in Malik Hooker from Indianapolis. Mm. Uh, so looking at the Cowboys' schedule this year, I, I, I see anywhere from 8 to 12 wins for this team. They have an easier schedule this year than they have in, in, the, in the past. They're uh, playing Atlanta, who only won four games last year. They play Carolina, Las Vegas, Denver, the Giants twice, mm. the Eagles twice, uh, the Washington football team twice. Arizona, Minnesota, L.A., and New England. All of these teams were 500 or less last year, so there's a lot of room for wins there. Um, the sure losses on their schedule are Tampa Bay and Kansas City. I, I, I don't see the Cowboys winning those. I don't see them even having a chance in those games. But, <laughs> but yeah, so I, I look for this team to have anywhere from 8 to 12 wins and, and should be near the top of the division. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, I think they're going to have to compete with the team that I got, and that's the Washington football <laughs> team. Absolutely. I actually um, have that in my notes. You know, I think uh, – they were the number two defense in the NFL last year, and they got better. Yeah, and, um, and a young, young defense, yes. too. Yeah, I mean, the single-season uh, uh, duo for sacks, the record for sacks for a, for defensive ends, 39. And I can see Montez Sweat and Chase Young breaking that record this Absolutely. year. Yeah. Um, there's, and, and they got better even, you know, like I said, from, from number two defense in 2020, they got better. They – they took a linebacker, uh, Jamin Davis, from Kentucky in the first round. Um, they picked up probably the number one free agent corner on the market in William Jackson, mm -hmm. and they are getting Landon Collins back from injury from last year yeah. at the other corner. So I, I see their off, or their defense not being an issue. That's going to be the their big the big question is offensively. Uh, and I Ryan, think, and I think mostly at the QB at the position. QB position. Yeah. You know, I think they're looking for Ryan, the the senior leadership from Ryan Fitzpatrick. Fitz magic yeah. there. Yeah, yeah, some some magic from Ryan. We'll see how that works out. They they did get some help. You know, they signed a rookie, Deami Brown, wide receiver from North Carolina. He's a speedster on the outside. Um, led, I think he led the NCAA in catches over 20, 20 yards last season. So, mm -hmm. uh, but they're saying not only is a speedster, but watching him work out in practice that. He's doing a great job of blocking and uh, picking up some of the other stuff that maybe he didn't didn't have to do or didn't you know have opportunity to do when he was in college. So, and they get Antonio Gibson back, their number one running back, who averaged um, 4.7 yards per carry last year. So, um, I, I look for Washington to win the NFC East this year. All right, all right. Well, guys, I got got a third team here that I think could be a potential dark dark horse here in the in the NFC East, and that's the the New York Football Giants. Um, they uh, you know hired hired a new GM, David Gettleman, back in back in 2017, you know, to help rebuild this team. So far, we're getting ready to start year four of of you know his his reign there, and the Giants have been a, a dismal 15 and 33 over those you know three years. Definitely not what they were hoping for when they when they brought this guy in. You know, the Giants have had double-digit losses in six of their last seven seasons. 
you know, a, a streak that they haven't gone through in almost 50 years. So definitely some some dark times right here. And, you know, not too far away from, you know, winning a couple of Super Bowls there with, with Eli Manning. So, you know, this is this is definitely not what, what the Giants want to do. Um, you know, last year they finished – Six and ten, and you know, in a dismal NFC East, they actually finished second in their division at six and ten. You know, missed the playoffs, um, but I think this is the year. You know, offensively, that you know Daniel Jones is gonna. It's gonna be a put up or shut up year Absolutely. for him. You know, the Giants have to justify using a high pick on Daniel Jones. You know, only a couple years ago in, in 2019, mm-hmm. they got to figure out was it really worth it or do we have to blow this thing up again and, you know, start over? Um, because obviously there were a lot of top, you know, QBs up there towards the top that they could have potentially, you know, drafted, but they're sticking by, you know, Daniel Jones. We'll see what happens. Um, you know, they went out and got, you know, Kenny Galladay, um, a free agent, you know, which is a true probably number one wide receiver for them. So big target, six foot four. They're mm. hoping that he can be kind of a Plaxico Burris you know, Flexco Burst was kind of, you know, that big target for Eli Manning. They're hoping that Kenny Galladay can kind of be that big target for, for Daniel Jones. Very so, good. you know, hopefully hopefully that works out works out for them. You know, they, they got to have a big year. They, they spent their first-round pick on drafting another wide receiver um, in uh, Kadarius Toney um, out of Florida, and he's kind of a versatile guy. You can line him on the inside, outside, put him in the backfield. He's kind of a spark plug that you can kind of line up wherever, you know, wherever. And that's not to add – they're also getting back their franchise running back, Saquon Barkley, mm-hmm. who I think is going to have to carry the load, and it's it's not going to be easy. I mean, he's coming off a torn you know torn ACL um, in week two from last year. We'll see what what he can do if he can stay healthy. He's definitely a, a valuable asset that you know can help take some of the pressure off of Daniel Jones and really you know help out that Giants offense. Yeah, I'd, I'd like to see him come back strong this yeah. year. I felt bad for the kid last year. You know, he had it coming out of Penn State, you know, but he was kind of a do-everything back. He can catch, he can block, you know, obviously he's a runner. Uh, just a big, strong big, kid, strong but kid. also has wheels when he yeah, needs them. See, right, just, so. just a very, you know, typical running back there in the NFL. On the flip side, then, you know, the defense, they go out, you know, I think the big priority was they signed their big defensive lineman, Leonard Williams, who had 11 and a half sacks for him last year, a former New York Jet who they got at the trade deadline last year. And it's really, you know, kind of fruitioned into, you know, kind of that gym on their on their defensive line. Mm-hmm. Um, a little bit of concerns, you know, um, the front seven, not a huge amount of depth there in, in the front seven. Could be could be a little bit of an issue, but guys, I I think I got the Giants here winning, you know, nine nine games, going nine and eight, and just barely sneaking in sneaking into the playoffs there, and maybe even potentially win a few more games and, and win that NFC East. So I, I think the biggest thing with this Giants team is, though, can they develop some team chemistry? They're yeah. already fighting amongst each other in practice. Oh, yeah. One guy after the fight decided he didn't even want to play football anymore and it, retired. I think I mean, they've, they, uh, you know, training camp opened and they had three th- three or four guys that already have said, I'm quitting football. So yeah, it's wow, like, you know, I don't know. It's It seems like it's a mess there so, in New yeah, York. Can, if so. they come together, they've got some talent on that team that can do some stuff. But I, I worry about them being able to come together as a team. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. Um, and then we got the last last team in the NFC East there, Matt. And I know you got a little bit on the uh, Philadelphia Eagles there. What what do you think about them? Yeah, so the, the Eagles, I, I think to me, they look to be the worst team in this division right now. Yeah. Uh, their key losses, their head coach, Doug Peterson, out the door. Carson Wentz, quarterback, out the door. Punter Cameron Johnson, out the door. Wide receiver, John Sean Jackson, out the door. Defense tackle, Malik Jackson, out the door. Wide receiver, Alshon Jeffrey, out the door. Wow. Uh, tackle, um, Jason Peters, defensive end, Vinny Curry. And then this guy's not out the door yet, but he wants out and tight end, Zach Ertz. Mm. Uh, a lot of a lot of talent there. That see you later. They didn't resign. They're not definitely coming back, definitely a so. massive overhaul yeah. from from last year's Absolutely. team. So. And then their key additions, I don't think, make up for all this. Uh, they, they brought in wide receiver Devonta Smith, their first round draft pick. Uh, they picked up a guard center, Landon Dickerson, the second round of the draft. They brought in Joe Flacco to be a backup quarterback to to um, uh, the guy out of Alabama, Jalen Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts, yes. Yep. Um, they brought in safety, safety Anthony Harris and linebacker Eric Wilson, both out of Minnesota. Who I, I believe that's actually where their head coach came from that they replaced Doug Peterson with. So there's a little history there. But not the guys they brought in aren't as talented as the guys they're leaving. I just I don't see the talent on the squad. They have the same same schedules like I discussed with the Cowboys. Um, so I mean they. 
they have the potential to win six to twelve games just on schedule alone. Because, right. like I said, the the competition that the East, the NFC East, is playing this year isn't that great. So right. they all have a chance to win some games, but I think it's going to be lower. I think it's going to be closer to that six. And it will be that twelve, and I, I predict them to be in the basement of the NFC East with Washington, Dallas at the top. Yeah, yeah, no, I think, uh, you know, just to kind of add on the Eagles there, you know, this this is Jalen Hurts' team now. You know, he yeah. kind of stepped in last year. You know, Carson Wentz gets benched. Jalen Hurts steps in. And now this is his first full year. This is his his team Time now. to shine. And, uh, you know, last year he showed some flashes of some potential, but still only completed 52% of his passes. But can you blame that on his talent, his lack of wide receivers? Right. The offensive line was a mess, and I think – I don't think that they really answered any of those question marks during the offseason. Uh, you know, they obviously go out and sign Devontae Smith, who's a big, you know, big name wide receiver with their first pick in the in the NFL draft. But, you know, if you don't have an offensive line that can block, you can't get your playmaker the yeah. ball. So and I think this year is still another question mark for the offensive line. Last year, guys, the the, the Eagles used 14 different starting combinations, an NFL record for wow. offensive linemen uh, you know, last year. And, and, and a lot of it was a lot of injuries. Uh, you know, their, their, their whole offensive line was just decimated by, by injuries. So all those guys coming back off of injury, hopefully they're healthy now, they can stay healthy, and maybe they can have some kind of continuity on the, on the offensive line. Um, but I, I think the defense on the other side is, is not – any better they, they don't have one unit that, that really separates itself right. um, and I, I just don't don't know that they're really gonna gonna have enough talent to, to really to do anything in this NFC East uh, I, I have to agree with Matt I think they're the bottom feeders here in the NFC East I yeah. think they win maybe six games go six and 11 and, yeah. and, and finish at the bottom in the NFC East all right very good well that's kind of our NFL talk for this week we'll bring you another division next week and and uh We'll move on now to our blazing bets of the week. Uh, make sure we have enough time to get these in, and then maybe we'll get to our uh, extensions, uh, guys who are assigned to extensions in the NFL. But um, Colton, give me your blazing bet this week. Yeah, so I'm sticking. I'm sticking. Um, you know, I'm usually the the MLB guy, but now you know I'm getting an itching for football, so I switched it. Switched it to a little NFL preseason football action. You know, a lot of that's so hard to call. I know it's it's going to be <laughs> tough. It's going to be a rough one for me, and I, I don't think I did myself any favors here because I got two pretty bad teams. I got the New York Jets going up against the New York Giants. And, <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's uh, it, it, like like Matt said, it's hard to predict because you know. A lot of the starters are not going to be playing. I, I just, you know, that, and surprisingly to me, a lot of the starters aren't going to be playing, but the Jets are somehow favored in this game by, by a point and a half. Wow. So that's why I'm, I'm taking the Giants here to cover the spread. At, at a, you know, they're, they're an underdog by a point and a half. I just think they have more talent in their backups yeah. than the Jets, Jets do. I, I think that they, you know, they get it done. They, they cover the spread. And, and I, I assume Vegas does take bets on preseason. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yep. I, I yep. bet that's a good place to make some money, though. I mean, it, if, you, if you could really can pick these out, I right. bet you can make some cash. Right, probably right. Too. Vegas will take bets on whether your grandma <laughs> puts her dentures in. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if they can make a buck, they're they're going they're going to put some money out there. So. Matt, what you got for your blazing bet? So I went uh, back to the MLB this week. Uh, I got the Brewers versus Cubs playing tomorrow night at 2:20 uh, p.m. Uh, the Brewers are 68 and 46 on the season. The Cubs, like I said earlier, my biggest losers of the trade deadline are 52 and 63. Cubs do, however, have their best pitcher on the mound uh, in Kyle Hendricks, who's 13 and four on the season with 3.6 ADRA. He's their lone shining star, but. <laughs> And the Brewers pitchers to be decided at this point. But I think the Brewers need this game more than the Cubs. The Cubs are just trying some stuff out with some of these young guys to see what they got. I just don't think they're going to have enough offense to be able to overtake the Brewers. So I'm going the Brewers in this one. All right, very good. I, uh, I stayed in MLB too. I got uh, 61 and 51 Blue Jays against 57 and 57 Anaheim Angels. Um, the Blue Jays, you know, since they moved back to their home, got out of. Uh, Got out of Buffalo and and uh, back got, to Toronto. Got back to Toronto. They're playing really well. They're nine and two of their last eleven games. Mm -hmm. um, they got a good young pitcher on the mound, Alec Manoa tonight. Uh, he's four and one with a two fifty eight ERA. Uh, you know, I think uh, Dylan Bundy is pitching for the Anaheim. He struggled this year. He's two and eight with a six fourteen. And I was surprised. You know, most of the time in MLB they only give a one point spread. They're given like a two-point spread in this to the Jays. 
and I'm saying the Jays win and cover the spread. So right. that game's at 940 tonight out west. So All right. Well, All we right. want to wrap it up then? Yep. Let's uh, talk about some of the NFL contract extensions. I know we all kind of looked at this maybe a little bit different. Um, what I did was I, I, I took one that kind of surprised me um, and did it some comparisons to maybe somebody else. And the one that – one that surprised me was the Dallas Cowboys re-signing Dak Prescott mm-hmm. four years, forty million a year, hundred and sixty million dollars for a for a for a quarterback that Has, uh, hasn't won a playoff game. Hasn't won a playoff game. <laughs> I'll um, tell you what, though, all of a sudden I don't feel as bad about it after I see what Josh Allen got. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean that that was another one I looked at too. But I mean, just in comparison, and I know you're comparing apples to oranges here, but Brady got re-signed for one year, and I get it. He's 15 years older <laughs> than Dak Prescott, but he only still got signed for $25 million. Mm-hmm. The guy's got more rings than he's got fingers almost. <laughs> yeah. um, you know, and the Buccaneers are favored, you know, one of the favorites to, to win or at least go to the Super Bowl again. Big Ben Roethlisberger got signed for one year additional, and he only got $14 million. Mm-hmm. I guess I, I don't understand these teams – that you know, sign these big contracts to these guys that haven't proven themselves to be star caliber. Yet. Well, you know, I think it's the greed amongst these players too, because yeah, you got to look at what Tom Brady's doing with the twenty-five million dollar. So now they got more room to put a little more talent around them. Dak right. Prescott, they have no room, they have no no cap space, no yeah. money. I and mean, I, so if all he wants is the money, that's fine. Don't expect to win because right. they can't put a. And I think of that hundred and forty million. I think a hundred and twenty-six of it's guaranteed. Mm-hmm. So it's like you know, this kid gets hurt and never. You know, nobody wants to see that. I want to see these guys stay healthy, you know, and have good careers, have the opportunity to shine, you know, after signing these big contracts. But you know, hundred twenty-six million if he never plays another game. Right, I mean that's pretty pretty good to walk away with that. If, yeah. if yeah, you get it, you know tomorrow's never guaranteed, so you know you never know what's what's gonna happen. But uh, you know, kind of kind of piggybacking off of that, you know, we dad, you know, talking about a quarterback. Yeah, Josh Allen signs a big extension big. with with the Buffalo Bills, oh. six years, two hundred and fifty eight million dollar extension with a hundred and fifty million dollars guaranteed, most guaranteed money in NFL history, even higher than. The Patrick Mahomes, um, he's I think he had like 140 some million guaranteed. So, so we're putting Allen in the same you know I don't category know, as, as as Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes. And, and I think I think at this point we're it's just going to keep getting higher. And yeah, higher. they're just it's 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 the the guy wants more than the last guy. Right, right. So and and I think if you're you're sitting here and you're you're the Ravens and you're the Browns, you're saying. You know, oh my gosh, we now, you know, because now they have, you know, Baker Mayfield and Lamar Jackson both yeah. out of that same QB class. Mm-hmm. What's mm-hmm. that going to cost? I, I think the Bills might have been the smartest ones. You know, we, we just said they, they signed this big deal, but they might have actually been smart in getting it done first because now Baker and, and you know, Lamar Jackson They're are going to want more. I, I want more than that. Yeah. I, I'm better than Josh Allen. I've done more. This is what I've done more. And I don't know if you can necessarily say that. Josh Allen led his team to, you know, AFC Championship was pretty close to beating the beating that Chiefs team mm-hmm. and, and really put up, you know, MVP runner-up last year. And so had a really, really great year. You know, I think for me, the thing that always gets me is what do they do after they get this big deal? Because mm-hmm. you see a lot of guys right after they get these big deals, they stop putting in the work. They stop putting in the time. They, they, they kind of shut down, and they take a steep decline. So be interesting to see, you know, Josh Allen, definitely a big competitor there in Buffalo be interesting to see what what he does now that he has this big deal under wraps you know off-season distraction goes away you know now it's time to just focus on on football what what can he do now that he has has this big big deal in place so, 260 though wow yeah yeah big big one there for for buffalo you know and uh, we'll see you know has done a lot of good things that you know has done a lot of good things for that bills franchise that they haven't been able to do for the last you know 10 20 years sure. so It'll be interesting to see how they how, how he performs going forward. And, yeah, I mean, you look at the biggest probably non-quarterback contract that was re-upped here. It looks like it's probably Darius Leonard who has one of the biggest ones there, five-year, $98.5 million. Mm-hmm. So that's not even touching what these quarterbacks are doing. $52.5 million guaranteed. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, not, not even, you know, scratching the surface mm-hmm. of what no. these QBs are doing. But, 
you know, will be the highest paid linebacker in the NFL now with, with that deal. So, um, I mean, New Orleans might really have a steal here with Jameis Winston and his one-year $5.5 million if he becomes their starter. <laughs> if he can get those interceptions, you yeah. know, under wraps. Yeah, under that's, that's been the knock on Jameis. You know, he tries to force a lot of balls in there, I think. And, right. And that's been the knock on him. So, that yeah, that's probably a bargain. And I, but I, I think, you know, Darius Leonard definitely warranted what he got. He's Absolutely. Been, he's been, you know, yeah, a phenomenal key. centerpiece. And, and, and a small-town guy actually got drafted – by the Colts um, in the second round from uh, South Carolina State, so kind of a smaller school there, and, and you know still getting a pretty high you know draft pick there, mm-hmm. but has been a real key centerpiece there for that Indianapolis Colts defense. So definitely you know uh, it's, he's coming off of uh, you know an ankle injury from last year, had to have uh, offseason ankle ankle procedure, and you know hopefully be able to practice here in the next the next couple weeks. So. We'll see what, what he does after getting getting this big this big deal. I'll say the earlier you can do these big deals, the better, though, because uh, if they if they keep raising the uh, the, the salary ball. cap, yeah. then that 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 helps that you got it done earlier. So, right. like you said, maybe maybe Buffalo was smart to get this done a little bit early, and right and now, now, now their Cleveland, future may look yeah. a little better. Yeah, right, absolutely. So we'll, we'll see what what happens there. Um, you got, any, got anything else? Daddy? That's all I had on uh, contract extensions in yeah. the NFL. Uh, you know, Cam Newton got re-signed for a year for, I don't know, I think it was like $3 million or something. So, you know, one more year to see what he can do in New England. Mm-hmm. I think if uh, he doesn't perform, New England's got to move on. Or they got they drafted, you know, QB Mac Jones from right, Alabama. Right. So, so it'll be interesting to see how long they keep him on the bench, you know, depending if, on how Cam, Cam starts to struggle. Right, right. right. Yep. All right, well, that's, I think that's our show for the week. Um, uh, Colton, you want to give us the sign-out? Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, thanks for, thanks for listening to Fired Up with your hosts, Colton Cal, Rob Cal, Matt Cordes. We hope you uh, enjoyed our episode this week. Um, if you want to hear other topics for future episodes or just have a burning sports question, feel free to reach out to us on Instagram. Our uh, Instagram handle is uh, firedup underscore podcast, or you can find us on Facebook if you uh, search for fired up comma sports podcast and uh, as always you can head over to fired up com to check out all of our past episodes and uh, other links to important information about about our show so you know as always stay fired, fired up, up.